What's up, everything? It's the Two Guys No Cup podcast coming at you with another bonus episode. Our topic tonight, the trade deadline, of course. We will talk about, or at least mention, every trade from the past week, as well as some of the more puzzling questions the deadline created. Why did it take a three-way trade to move Mark Wittes to? Do the Sharks even know who Evander Kane is? What the hell is an Eric Foley? Stay tuned, find out, and let's go Blues! This is the Two Guys No Cup podcast, coming to you from our spacious studio in Darkhan, Mongolia. Ian, (laughs) (laughs) how are you doing tonight, Ian? Uh, It's gonna be a weird one. (laughs) We can already tell you, folks. It's been uh, probably a good twenty minutes just trying to record that opening, with both of us trying and failing to do it multiple times. Mm -hmm. Uh, We may include one of our failures at the end of this bonus episode as a bonus bonus for you to Mm, enjoy. Bonus squared. Ah, but for the remainder of the normal bonus episode part (laughs) of this episode is going to be talking about the trade deadline. Line. Boys, stra- strap in, folks. It's going to be one of those days. Uh, it is, what is it? It's Tuesday, February 27th, according to my Mac computer. And we are here uh, after a blues. Well, it's probably a loss by now. It was 7 to 3, and we sort of stopped. 8 to 3, final. 8 to 3. Hey, baby. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, it took us that entire third period just to record this intro. Mm-hmm. Uh, we left with like 17 minutes left. That counts. Um, we are uh, fans of the Blues, and they ruined the trade <laughs> for us. Uh, we're going to talk about all the trades uh, that are fit to print, and even the ones that aren't, which included Marco Testu. And... Uh, with that, without further ado, I guess we can go to the trade tracker, unless you have anything else you'd like to discuss or pontificate over before we get started. Mm-hmm. We've already pontificated plenty. I'm out of voice. I have no more voice left. I guess so. Does pontificate and pontiff, are those like the same words? I guess they are. You're the English guy. I don't know. You're the Catholic guy. <laughs> <laughs> True dad. Ah, yeah. uh, so... Uh, we fin- we we last left you on our fa- on our previous episode, breaking the news of the Michael Grabner trade to the New Jersey Devils, uh, and there were plenty of trades after that. So let's get started with those. <laughs> Has this could this be any more chaotic an intro? Uh, we had the same or the next day after the Grabner trade on February twenty third, the Pittsburgh Penguins made their big move, uh, acquiring a third-line center who could be some team's first-line centers mm-hmm. in Derek Brassard in a three-way trade that also sent them Vince Dunn, which gave me a mild heart attack until I realized it was there's two different Vince Dunns, uh, and a third-round pick, and Tobias Lindberg uh, are all the pieces they received in a trade with the Knights and the Senators. So the Penguins sent Ryan Reeves and a fourth-round pick to the Knights basically so that they could eat some of the salary of Derek Broussard so that he could fit in under the salary cap for the Penguins. Uh, and the Senators got a pretty nice haul for this uh, piece. They got goalie Philip Gustafsson, who I've heard really good things about, I think looked really good at the World Juniors mm-hmm. uh, for Sweden, I'm guessing, because where else could a guy named Gustafsson <laughs> be from? Yeah. Um, they got Ian Cole, uh, who had a very long tenure with the Ottawa Senators, as we'll discuss, <laughs> Um, and a first round pick and a third round pick, uh, first round pick in this year's draft and a third round pick in next year's draft. Uh, nice trade for the senators. I think Gustafsson has the potential to be a really good NHL goalie. Uh, so that's a good pickup for them, especially with Anderson aging and no real plan in place for who his replacement will be. Um, it's, it's nice of the, uh, 
Knights to step in and get a, a great, a pretty great player, great attitude guy in Ryan Reeves who can rejoin his good friend, I'm sure, David Perron. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can learn this week that Paul Stastny and Alex Steen are best friends, then anybody can be friends as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Um, what do you think about that? mega deal and what it means for the Pittsburgh Penguins who are just gross. Mm-hmm. I think I was listening to Steve Dangle on their podcast talk about how the Penguins are now the new uh, Chicago Blackhawks. So I guess we're the new Penguins at the time. <laughs> but people are just bailing out the Penguins. Oh, do you need a third, you know, a third line center, Derek Broussard? Well, you can't fit him under your cap. And like, oh, let me, let us help you. We'll help you fit him under your cap. We'll just take Ryan Reeves off your hands. You don't particularly like, at least fan-wise. And we'll eat 50% of Broussard's salary. Don't worry about it. We're the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll do whatever you want. (laughs) It's something about teams underneath the uh, Mason-Dixon line. We'll just help out any regular market hockey team, (laughs) it feels like. Because, please, we just need your help. Um, It's a great move for Pittsburgh. I think Ottawa did really well. Picks for that team is just what they'll need because they're going into full rebuild. If there's one team doing a faster and better job rebuilding than what the Blues probably should do, it's the Ottawa Senators. Mm-hmm. They beat them to it. Golden Knights, I just like that Ryan Reeves is, I don't know, in our conference again. Yeah. He, he belongs in the West one Coast. One step closer ish. to him signing here when the offseason yeah. comes around. Exactly. It's, it's a good move. <laughs> it makes me think Pittsburgh, who's already kind of on a late-season roll, is just going to get their third cup, probably. That's very possible. So, yeah, I agree that that's a, a great trade for the Penguins. And it is kind of interesting that of all teams, Vegas gets involved. Uh, just because they, I mean, maybe a slim chance, but some chance of meeting the Penguins in the Stanley Cup mm-hmm. final. And that would kind of suck if they were paying Derek Broussard to beat them in the Stanley <laughs> Cup final. But Hey, I just think Ryan Reeves can now run over... Sidney Crosby. That's true. Who he was paid to protect. That's true. That would be hilarious. I hope it happens. Uh, but <laughs> there was a minor move that sent Brandon Davidson from the Oilers to the Islanders in exchange for a third-round pick. Some defensive help moving on, I guess. <laughs> Unless you have deep thoughts on Brandon no, Davidson. I'm glad he's not on the same team as Connor McDavid anymore. It was slightly confusing. Brandon McDavidson, Connor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and then there was one of the bigger blockbuster-er <laughs> trades of the uh, trade deadline season was the one that sent Rick Nash to Boston, uh, which I think maybe we ex- kind of off the board, I guess, for what we expected for Rick mm-hmm. Nash. I was thinking Dallas or Dallas, who ended up doing nothing, or uh, maybe even Nashville, Nashville or yeah. different places. But he ends up in Boston. Uh, in exchange for quite a haul, uh, Ryan Lindgren is a defensive prospect who I don't think is all that highly thought of. Uh, but they do get Ryan Spooner, who's a very good young center winger type guy. They get a first round pick this year, a seventh round pick next year. And then uh, part of the reason the haul was that extensive is they also got Matt Bolesky, which means they picked up Matt Bolesky's absurd, disgusting contract. I think Bolesky was in the AHL, too, or is currently in the AHL. So, yeah, they tried to bury the contract as far as they could. This trade, I think, will work out for both teams. Like, I think Rick Nash will be fine in Boston. Mm -hmm. But Ryan Spooner, at at this recording, currently has better stats, is on track for a better uh, year, statistically, than Rick Nash. And they didn't trade them one for one. Rick Nash to the Boston Bruins, and then the Bruins gave up Ryan Spooner, Matt Blesky, all those picks. It kind of feels like it's more in the Rangers' favor to get all that back. Yeah, this one feels like they definitely robbed uh, Boston, which may make up for what they failed to get in the Tampa Bay deal that we'll talk about towards the end of our <laughs> trade discussions. Yeah. I don't think Rick Nash is a big playoff performer either. I don't think he's terrible, but mm-hmm. he definitely doesn't step up his game like other players. It yeah. seems like an awful lot to give up for someone that's probably just name recognition. Mm-hmm. That's probably true, yeah. Uh, I do think a big part of it, though, is getting rid of two more years oh, of Matt Bolesky at $3.8 million. Oh, for just a, a nobody. <laughs> contract. Oh, boy. When you talk about worst contracts in the league, that's right up there. 
um, with Bobby Ryan and not a lot else. <laughs> um, Someone who the Senators couldn't move. Yeah, and uh, won't ever. Right. <laughs> um, so that's that trade. I think it, it makes the Bruins better. Does it make them a ton better? I don't know. Um, I think there are a couple of strong contenders in the East, and the Bruins are last of those if they're in that group. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about some of the contenders and winners and losers towards the end. Uh, Thomas Placanic went, and his turtlenecks went to the Toronto <laughs> Maple Leafs. Unfortunately, his goatee had to stay in Montreal because Toronto has a no facial hair policy. Uh, he went along with Kyle Bond uh, for Kirby Reichel. Reichel, I've never known how to pronounce his I think name. It's I've known his name for 3,000 years. He's one of those guys that's been a prospect I've been aware of for literally probably five yeah. or six years now. And this is at least his third team because I know he was once a, I think, a Blue Jackets prospect. He's definitely a pooper, get off the pot kind <clears> of. <throat> yeah, he's in that uh, Dimitri Askin territory. Yeah, exactly. Maybe a little higher. Uh, Renat. Renal Valiev, I don't know if he's French or Russian. Um, Both. <laughs> and a second-round pick. Uh, second-round pick, honestly, pretty sh- surprisingly high price for Thomas Pukanek, mm-hmm. I think. I wouldn't have given that up. He's a good face-off guy. Maybe he's a good locker room guy. Um, I don't know how essential a role he'll play for Toronto. I think he's been playing on their fourth line, though. Mm-hmm. So... Kind of a strange move. It feels like they gave up a lot. I don't know much about Kyle Bond, uh, and if he's more of a prospect guy or what the story is. But he's a 25-year-old uh, and is in the AHL. So I guess that's more of a move a body kind of a thing. But Just a nobody. Yeah, but what do you think about this trade? I like a good. I think it's good for the Leafs. Blakanek can play PK, which I think they kind of need a few more forwards to be able to do that. that Especially aren't. since they gave up Sash. Yeah, Sash played PK, and now we have him. He'll play PK for us. Um, yeah, they, I think their bottom six is the only thing that really needed any work in Toronto, other than maybe um, their bottom pairing on defense, mm-hmm. which I think they had kind of looked at improving, but I don't know if anything was out there for him. So I think he's, he's a good guy. He's a good face-off guy, Placanek is. Um, I just don't know if he's still got the speed for the game, especially in the playoffs. He's 35, 36, something like that. Mm-hmm. I would think that they scouted him well enough to know that he's a playoff performer, but you just never know. Yeah, I agree. It looks like Bond's a, a considered a prospect, but a pretty... You say he's 25? Yeah. He's yeah. an advanced prospect. But a pretty low prospect, yeah. And he's the... Uh, grandson of former Toronto Maple Leafs and Detroit Red Wings defenseman Bobby Bond, who played 11 seasons in Toronto and brought home the Stanley Cup four times. So maybe that's why they got him. Just a feel-good, bring-the-Bonds-home <laughs> sort of story. Good luck, Kyle, living up to that. So I've I've always liked Thomas Placanic, even though I did say in a tweet earlier that I would be livid if we brought Thomas Placanic <laughs> here. It wasn't a Thomas Placanic thing. It was just a that's-so-not-the-move-we-need-to-make sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, moving on, there was the aforementioned Mark Letestu trade, uh, which is what we could not get past in our intro. As we you, hate this as trade. you will hear at the end of, uh, this lovely podcast. It was a three-way trade. I don't know why. Um, it sent, <laughs> so I'm, now I've got to trace down all the pieces. Oh, yeah. Mark Watestu ended up in Columbus, where he started before he was in Edmonton, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, the Predators got involved and received Brandon Bollig and uh, Troy Grosnick from the Sharks. Is that correct? I'm very yeah, confused. I think okay. it's a. I think that's a different trade. Okay. So I think how it went so, was. Oh no! Yes, you're yeah. right. So it's Edmonton. Excuse me. Edmonton sent Latestu to the Predators. Mm-hmm. And they got Pontius Aberg back. And then, <laughs> it could be said in any way. Sure. Pontus Aberg. Pontus Aberg. And then the Blue Jackets sent a fourth-round pick to the Predators mm-hmm. in order to give them uh, Latestu. Yeah. So that's the f- three-way trade that brought Mark Latestu to what a uh, mess. Columbus. I guess he's a good depth addition. Um. But I don't know that he's going to make mm. that much of a difference. I would think 
uh, Columbus are very fringe uh, playoff contenders. And you know what weird thought I just had? Now that the Blues are probably going to miss the playoffs, it's going to be kind of fun to have watch the playoffs with like no mm-hmm. skin in the game. I'm super excited for a Nashville-Winnipeg uh, series. Yeah, that'll be dope. Um, moving on, there was the one I tried to include in that trade, which was Brandon Bollig and Troy Grosnick to the Sharks or to the Predators from the Sharks for a sixth round pick. Those are just depth. Depth, that depth bodies. Bolig of Chicago fame? I think so, yeah. That's all I know. As far as I know. Um, and then uh, the first deal of actual deadline day, which is where the poop hits the fan, uh, was <laughs> Ian, cool, Ian Cole, Ian Cole, cool. Mr. Cool, Ian Cole, uh, ending his long and storied tenure with the <laughs> Ottawa Senators uh, to move to the Columbus Blue Trackets in exchange for Nick Motre and... A third-round pick. Uh, nice addition for Columbus, although kind of strange since there was all those rumors circulating about them moving out Jack Johnson, that they mm-hmm. not only didn't move out Jack Johnson but added another defenseman. Uh, but it's good for Cole. I'm glad he ends up back on a contender. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like Ian Cole, I guess. I don't. We got Robert Bortuzzo for him. Yeah. Is that good? I get a weird. Who knows? I don't know, yeah. And a seventh round pick, though oh. you can't forget that. I love how that in in Jim Rutherford's mind and uh, Doug Armstrong that was the difference in their talent level. You know, <laughs> there's one coming up here. I think that has or no, it's the Rick Nash trade out his seventh round pick. Yeah, and it's like, do you think they're just hanging on the phone? And they're like, I'm not going to make this trade. And they're like, please, <laughs> like, just do it. And you're like, no, I want that seventh. You know, we're not going to give you the stupid seventh. I'm like, well, if it's so stupid, just give it to me. <laughs> and they just play a game that fifth graders play. Drinksmanship for yeah. like an hour on the phone. No, you, you hang it. up. You no, get... you hang up. <laughs> Could be. I think that's exactly how it went. Um, <laughs> Cole ends up with the Blue Jackets. Uh, and then the Blackhawks made a, I guess, surprising trade. Mm-hmm. Trading 23-year-old, I think, Ryan Hartman in their own division and our own division, to the Nashville <laughs> Predators, along with a fifth-round pick uh, and bringing back a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick in this year's draft. And Victor Edgesell is how I'm going to say yeah, that. Who the hell knows? Because it's uh, bad. It's a hard name to pronounce. Uh, I think he's a, a decent prospect. Not great, but, I mean, it's obviously not Tolvanen or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um Okay, prospect, and I think the Blackhawks made a pretty good price. The weird, the strange part about this is if they're looking to quote unquote rebuild uh, or even retool, you don't know why they'd be getting rid of the 23 year old guys, especially yeah. in their division. Uh, but that's what happened. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about this? I honestly don't know a lot about Ryan Hartman. They said something about, like, thanks for the six years of, like, service with the Blackhawks. And I was like, they must be counting since the day he was drafted. Yeah. I, he got on this team, like, two years ago, tops. Mm-hmm. I really thought they were going to move, like, a Brandon Sod. I don't know if he has a no-move clause or something in his contract at all or what his contract looks like. But I would have thought that they would have tried to move him maybe. Although they'd probably have to sell low because he's not having a great year. I just didn't think they were going to sell Hartman. I guess that's all you can sell, really. You can't yeah. sell any of those big guys because they're on these huge, massive, bloated contracts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, so- or Hartman, excuse me, was drafted first in the first round, 30th pick in 2013. He has 25 points this year and had 57 points in his career so far in 141 games. So a decent young player. Mm-hmm. Um, plays the right wing. Uh, is a right-handed shot, so maybe we yeah. should have done for him. <laughs> Lucky him. He was on a team that was a contender, slowly sinking, jump ship to a rising contender. Yeah, exactly. Good for him. Good for you, Ryan Hartman, and your father, Phil. Um, oh, rest in peace. The next trade chronologically was the trade that sent... Paul Stastny, a player you might be familiar with, to Winnipeg, uh, and we will talk about that later, I guess. Uh, That's called a teaser, folks. Tune in. Make sure you stick here through the commercial break. Uh, The Canucks (laughs) traded uh, or received Brandon Leipzig from the Golden Knights in exchange for Philip Holm. Big who cares. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) The Coyotes traded 
uh, Ryan Kujawinski to the Blue Jackets uh, in exchange for Jordan Mileta. Big who cares. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks got Jason Chimera from uh, the Islanders in exchange for Chris Wagner, slightly smaller. Who cares? Mm. Uh, I recognize both those names. Yeah, Jason Chimera is a, a gritty player, so if they need some grit down there in Anaheim, mm. he also has a snake head and a goat head and a, yeah, a, someone a else had a lion head. Yeah. I don't know how chimeras work. I think lion head, something else, body, and a snake tail You're or right. something like You're that. You're right, Jason but Chimera. I'm very smart. <laughs> um, <laughs> One of the few, one of the rental moves finally started happening in towards the end of the trade deadline day, which I always psych myself up to think there's going to be so many moves this during this last hour or whatever, and there never mm-hmm. are. Uh, but Evander Kane finally moved from Buffalo after much ballyhoo. He received what I think is one of the worst returns of this entire day, uh, <laughs> which is a conditional first round pick a conditional fourth-round pick, and Danny O'Regan, who is uh, not a especially promising prospect, as nearly as I can tell. The condition on the first-round pick is that if Evander Kane re-signs with the Sharks, it is a first-round pick in 2019, so not even this year. Uh, and if it's if he doesn't re-sign, it's a second-round pick. So not a very good return for one of the guys who you would think would be one of the higher-priced rentals mm-hmm. on the market. Certainly a lot less, I would say, than we got for Stastny. Um, and, uh, yeah, just a strange trade overall. Um, what do you think about that? Do you have anything else um, to add? I just... I don't know why anyone wants Evander Kane. He's got offensive upside, but it's just been documented over and over again that he's a, a locker room cancer. <laughs> Such a harsh term, but it's what they use, so we'll use it here. I don't know. I mean, maybe he's finding the Sharks. I feel like, I guess because we've only played the Sharks once this year, mm-hmm. I don't know that much about this team, and it's like, do you really need him? We saw tonight that he was playing on their first line Yeah, with a little Joe Pavelski and somebody else. Milker Carlson. Jonas Donskoy, of course. <laughs> the <laughs> story. How could I forget? Yeah. Eh, it's all right. I think the Sharks did a good job giving up what they did because they threw all those conditions on it and Buffalo doesn't get bailed out. So good for you, yeah, Sharks. It's fine. Uh, the one thing I did hear today that would be interesting is there was some talk that Evander Kane might be living with Joe Thornton. While he's out there, which would be very, like, interesting. Also, I would totally watch a buddy cop movie with Evander Kane and Joe Thornton. Kane and Thornton. Bad cop, bad cop. Um, (laughs) But uh, maybe, you know, I think that's always the alluring part of Evander Kane is it's like if oh if well if you put him in the right clubhouse and he gets his head to, on straight he could be so good and I think we're just fooling ourselves at this mm-hmm. point if we think that's ever going to happen but maybe it happens with the Sharks and if it does then they resign him good for everybody involved uh, but mm. we'll see we'll see how likely that is and he'll be a very interesting free agent this summer I can't wait for us to sign him yeah that'd be probably about the move uh, speaking of about the moves <laughs> The Vancouver Canucks, <laughs> who have no clue what they're doing, uh, traded Mm-mm. Thomas Vanek, who, as I saw someone uh, on Twitter say, this is the most obvious veteran for pick or prospect trade of all time. But they didn't do that. They added Tyler Mott, who is a glorified AHL body, and UC Okanen, who is older than dirt and probably just a contract <laughs> move. I have no idea why the Canucks made this trade. It is shocking to me. We'll talk about it more when we talk about our winners and losers, and I'll let you guess which one the Canucks <laughs> are. But Vanek's a nice addition for the Blue Jackets, who made a couple of nice, yeah. uh, cheap additions with Vanek and Latestu and Cole. I think they had a pretty good, pretty good time. Um, you're going to have a bad time. Uh, one of the more out-of-nowhere trades, I think, as the clock wound down on the trade deadline was Thomas Tatar to the Vegas Golden Knights for a first-round pick this year, a second-round pick next year, and a third-round pick in 2021. Um, interesting addition for the Knights. I think it's a good one. Uh, we've talked before about how strange the situation is for the Knights mm-hmm. because they obviously built this team with the intention of trading all these assets off at the deadline. You know, it was pretty clear when they added guys like James Neal, like uh, um, David Perron, guys mm-hmm. on one-year deals, that 
they wanted to probably um, trade some of those guys at the deadline yeah. and add even more picks than the ones they got to take crappy contracts or uh, bail out teams um, at the expansion draft. But here they are in a position where they're fighting for the President's Trophy and the first or second spot in the Western Conference, uh, and they're one of the top contenders in the West, and they really couldn't justify to their fan base being sellers. Uh, So they went out and made a bold move, and the even bolder move that they were discussing was apparently they were the biggest player towards the end for Eric Carlson of the Ottawa Senators uh, which would have been the biggest blockbuster mm-hmm. of the of the week for sure. Um, yeah, what do you think about this pick overall for the Knights? Uh, Tatar's a, a good scoring winger, so he's interesting for sure. Uh, but what do you think? Yeah, this is a weird trade just from what Vegas gave up. You rarely see a player, of, a pretty good roster player, get moved for nothing but picks. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you'll see a good roster player get moved for a first round and something else, but they got moved for a first round pick, a second round pick, and a third round pick, all in different years, mm-hmm. which I know Vegas has plenty of. So this was, if there was a team to use just picks, it was going to be them. I like Thomas Tatar. We talked about it last podcast. It would have been um, a nice addition for the Blues, I think, mm-hmm. playing right wing and all. He's experienced. He seems to, I don't know, be able to have like any sort of offense about him, which is great. Something the Blues need. I think it's a good pick for Vegas. They're kind of they were already a mishmash amalgam of all these different teams from having to assemble their team that way at the draft. Mm-hmm. It just feels like an even weirder mishmash of people. Peron to Tatar to, to James Neal. Sure, why not? You never thought you were going to see that <laughs> in your life, and now you are. It's an, I'm rooting for Vegas for sure really hard in the playoffs this year. Even if the Blues have made it, I'd still be rooting for Vegas mm-hmm. now that the Blues probably aren't going to make it. More likely than not, I'm rooting for Vegas crazy hard. Yeah. David Prong can lift that cup and hand it to Tatar and hand it to Neil. Hand it to Reeves. Yeah, Re- oh yeah, Ryan Reeves. Hand it to Reeves. Yeah, all the randoms. The other Carlson, Bill Carlson. Ah, these are the names where I say, why isn't Lee Stepniak there? Lee Stepniak could have been... Lee Stepniak, again, uh, not moved at the deadline. Must be questioning his very identity. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I I think it's a good ad for the Knights. Uh, Tatar has three years left on his deal, which is big. Um, And one of the problems with the way they built that team is that it doesn't have a lot of identity long term. Mm-hmm. So now that you're bring you've you've extended Mercia Show and a couple other guys, maybe I don't know what William Carlson's contract status is, but I know they've handed out some uh, extensions to some people, uh, and so now you're in a position where you know you've got Mercia Show, you've got um, now Tatar brought mm-hmm. in there on longer term deals, and. Uh, that gives you a little flexibility with how you approach um, the off season mm-hmm. this year, where uh, you still have a ton of work to do in terms of craft- crafting what this roster looks like long term. But the nice thing about this is they didn't have to uh, they didn't have to give up a whole lot. I mean, picks yes, but they have a ton of picks overall um, with all the deals they did to take mm-hmm. contracts and stuff. So you didn't have to give up any of your prospects, which I think will be one of their p- most prized possessions right now, given the fact that they only have 10 or however many they drafted this year, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's an interesting ad for them. It, for, when I first heard it, I was kind of like, that seems like a steep price, uh, but they spread the picks out, which I think is a really good move. So they're not all from one year. Um, I assume they have multiple picks in most of those, mm-hmm. lots of those rounds anyway. So I think it's a good move for them. And they've got a lot. I'm just looking at their contract status now. They've got a lot of UFAs oh, yeah. and RFAs. Half of them are this, like gone next year. This summer. So uh, with Neil and Perron and uh, Luke Spiza and Reeves and Stone, Quayton Stoner, just a lot of interesting decisions to make there. And now they have some flexibility to do it. So good for the Knights. And like you said, I'm rooting hard for them. Um, We moved from there to probably the biggest blockbuster deal of deadline day and one that we kind of knew was coming eventually. It was pretty clear that 
the Lightning were going to get a top four defenseman, and they ended up getting Ryan McDonough, who'd been the captain of the New York Rangers. Uh, but what we didn't see coming is necessarily is that J.T. Miller was coming with him. So uh, Ryan McDonough and J.T. Miller go to the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for Vladislav Nemisnikov, uh, who's a talented young center, a 2018 first-round pick, a conditional 2019 second-round pick, and um, prospects Brett Howden and Libor Hayek, or Hayek, or Hajek, or mm. something. Uh, <laughs> this was surprising to me only because... I didn't expect them to get both McDonough and Miller. And I think Miller and, and Nemesnikov are both like RFAs after this year. Mm. Uh, so maybe that's a situation where they just felt Miller fit them a little better or was an asset they could trade away if he didn't fit or something. Um, I don't know. What it, What's your gut reaction to this trade? Because I've got some thoughts on it. I thought, actually, initially, I thought the Rangers did really well. I think they both kind of got what they wanted, and I thought the Rangers maybe pulled ahead a little bit with that haul. I mean, a first round in 2018, another, I think it was the two first rounds really threw me. I was like, they got two first round picks and, you know, in consecutive years. That's really amazing. A mm-hmm. uh, couple of prospects, like you said, Nemesnikovs. They did get two firsts? Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe so. I think the 2019 first is conditional, though. Okay, because this says it's a conditional second. Oh, second. Maybe it can become a conditional first. I was going to say, yeah, it might be a second. Either way, two really good picks. Mm-hmm. Three really good prospects, I guess, Nemesnikov. And they did get a first in the Nash deal. So oh, okay. Got two coming up. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. It's pretty amazing what the Rangers got, but the more I looked at it, the longer I thought, man, how did they not pry someone, you know, no harping on Nemesnikov, but a better player out of there? Mm-hmm. Uh, Braden Point's probably not coming, but I would think that'd be a start, like what I would start to ask with. One of those firsts or one of those picks is gone. Probably another one of those prospects is gone. It's probably a first point and, you know, some other prospect. Yeah. Or you were saying, well, who do they have? They got Calfoot, Foot Jr. Calfoot, yeah. You would think that'd be a, a topic. Be like, hey, I'll, I'll keep, you can have Hayek and Howden, mm-hmm. both of them. And heck, you can have under your other first round or your other second round. I just want Calfoot. Cal I'm guessing, I think it, Eiserman did a really good job. That's a lot to give up, but I think. What he gave up was worth Ryan McDonough and JT Miller. Yeah. Um, the second round pick next year becomes the first if Tampa Bay wins the Stanley Cup this year or next year, which is very possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to read up a little bit on uh, some of the picks that they got. So apparently Howden was the 27th overall pick and Hayek was the like 37th that same year in 2016. Uh, he currently has 58 points in 38 games for the Moose Jaw Warriors of the WHL. Um, and Libor Hayek was selected 37 in 2017. This says, I read 2016 elsewhere. And he's a defenseman with 35 points in 52 games between the Saskatoon Blades and the Regina Pats. Um, I think they're both good players. Um, my only thought on this was... If I'm a if I'm a uh, Rangers fan, and you've given up McDonough and Miller, and couldn't like you mentioned pry away, so let's say Braden Point is totally untouchable. Mm-hmm. At least either Mikhail Sergachev or Callum Foot, uh, I'm pretty surprised by that. Now maybe it's possible they look at Hayek as higher than Callum Callum. I think Callum's mm-hmm. his full name, Cal Foot. I wouldn't, but maybe they do. I don't know. Uh, it just seems like it's a good package. It's a good return for them, but I feel like Iserman made a good trade without really stretching himself to any mm. uncomfortable place, you know? Yeah. One first-round pick and then a second, unless they win the Stanley Cup, and in that case, who cares, yeah. you know? Um, What's well, their window? Might as well. Yeah, exactly. So... Good trade for both sides. I think if I was a Rangers fan, I'd want a little more. Um, but I have not talked to a lot of Rangers fans, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was kind of the big deadline, 
last minute deal that broke. And then there were a lot of little deals that moved bodies around. Josh Juris went to the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for Greg McKegg, which is a Aww. great name, to uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, that great name's buried. Uh, and then Joe Mora went to the Jets in exchange for a fourth-round pick from the Canadians, um, or to the Canadians. Nick Shore went to the Flames from Ottawa for a seventh-round pick. Mike Riley went from Minnesota to Montreal for a fifth-round pick, which is strange on two levels. For one thing, Montreal just traded Joe Mora for a fourth-round pick. And for another thing, it's weird to me that the only de- deadline deal uh, Mon- or Minnesota made was sending some guy out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one of the only remaining sort of meaningful moves was Patrick Maroon moving finally to the New Jersey Devils in exchange for J.D. Dudek and a third-round pick. Um, I think that is a pretty good move for the Mm -hmm. Devils who are in a strange position to contend this year. And I think added Maroon and Grabner, who are both top nine forwards and only gave up like a third and a second. So that's not too bad. Um, and then, uh, Tommy Wingles went to the Bruins for a fifth round pick conditional and the Predators swapped, uh, Trevor Murphy and Pierre Cedric Labrie to the Coyotes for Tyler Gaudet and John Ramage. And finally, the Colorado Avalanche traded Chris Bygrass to the New York Rangers in exchange for Ryan Graves. So there will be no more names that I can't pronounce because that's all the names that were traded. Uh, Any comments on those last few trades? No. Uh, Maroon, like you were saying with the Devils, I think that they had a really quiet and sort of great deadline. I mean, I guess it wasn't too quiet. Those are high-profile-ish players in Grabner and Maroon. But like you said, it's they got them on the cheap. They're mm-hmm. not necessarily ground-breaking players. Or ground-breaking. Ground-breaking. Um, it just solidifies a team that didn't think they were going to be there. You add a little bit of depth to, I guess, your wings. They're both wingers. And you just see what you see what you got because I don't know about Grabner. I don't know if he's a UFA, but I know Maroon is. So if it doesn't work out and they walk, you know, no big deal, mm-hmm. no big loss. I'd love for the Blues to be <laughs> in such a position or any team really when you're kind of slowly opening your window uh-huh. and you're allowed to be kind of ahead of schedule, kind of like the Maple Leafs were last year. Yeah, it's always nice to be at the deadline and be like, ah, oh, let's just see what happens. Yeah, I think to to add two really meaningful players without like sacrificing much at all because you don't want to narrow your window by giving mm-hmm. up firsts or top prospects. Exactly. But I think it's really good moves for the Devils. Um, do you want to move on to our winners and losers now or do you want to cover the Blues trade first? Let's cover the Blues trade. Okay. Then so, we can figure out if they're a winner or a loser. Yeah, that's a good point. So the Blues, I think, surprisingly to a lot of fans, although not us, because we hoped for this on our hot take, oh, we which we released it. on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> they parted ways with Paul Stastny, uh, who is a pending unrestricted free agent this summer uh, and was our second-line, top-line center, uh, one of our top six forwards. Um, they sent him across their division to Winnipeg. I think one of the things that maybe made this a little more stomachable is we don't, I think we're done with Winnipeg for the year. I think so. Uh, or we so, got one game. I can't remember. So we're not going to have to see him like come to town and drop sweet assists like he already did tonight. Uh, and he's coming home. They rec- <laughs> they recouped uh, their 2018 first round pick. They, they got the Jets pick, but that kind of recoups. Uh, Braden Shin, the first first we gave up for Braden Shin. Uh, and then they got Eric Foley, uh, who's a young college prospect. And as I understand it, there, we have a conditional fourth-round pick. As I understood it, the fo- we get the fourth-round pick if we cannot sign Eric Foley and he becomes a college free agent. So I think that's how it works. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, people out there listening to us, who maybe aren't at this point, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, so that's that's the return we got for Paul Stastny. Um, I think a lot of people were surprised, especially mm-hmm. you know some sort of analysts who maybe aren't familiar with the Blues were pretty taken aback at this trade when it dropped. Um, I was not. I was happily surprised, but I wasn't like mm-hmm. shocked. 
the reality is we took ourselves largely out of playoff contention and certainly out of cup contention when we lost six in a row heading into the deadline. As uh, as we understand it, according to Jeremy Rutherford, uh, Armstrong went to Stastny kind of Thursday or Wednesday of last week and said, look, if you know we had these two games coming out this weekend against Winnipeg and Nashville, if the results don't go our way, would you think about you know, waiving your no trade clause, which he had a full no trade clause. Um, and then of course we obviously got goose egged in both of those games and mm-hmm. lost four to nothing back to back, which we will talk about on Thursday, I guess. Um, and, uh, he ended up waiving his no trade clause and gets to join a really solid contender, uh, play with Blake Wheeler, who he's good friends with. I think they played together, somewhere recently i don't know if it was olympics or something i know they have some experience Mm -hmm. together um oh they played together during the lockout i think that's what i read yeah um so he gets to join a really good group of forwards i think he's gonna he's gonna make himself a lot of money playing for the jets Mm -hmm. because if they put him between like ehlers and line a which is what i heard he could easily get 20 plus assists before the, <laughs> That's true. you know before the end of the season uh, at least 15 and make himself like a 60 point player kind of guy um yeah what do you think i guess i've talked a lot what do you think about this trade for the blues i like it a lot i'm glad we did it we needed that first round pick back if we want to draft in this really deep draft year or if we want to move it in the summer to get somebody else which i'm Betting was what we do. Mm-hmm. I like, uh, is it Nick Eric Foley? Yes. I like Eric Foley. I think he played, do we say, with Tage Thompson? Uh, I played, think you said in World Juniors. Yeah, he played with Tage at World Juniors. So that's pretty nice. And with Jake Wallman oh, at Providence right. College. Okay. I knew there was a college connection. Mm-hmm. I think he, there's, from all reports, he looks like a good prospect. I think Winnipeg said he was a fringe prospect, but not to not as a disrespect, but that they kind of have a deep, deep prospect pool like Toronto, very much like a Sashnikov thing mm-hmm. where it's like he's a good player. He's There's just great players ahead of him. Yeah. Um, let's, you know what, let's get into the meat of this that is what this trade is for the Blues, sort of. Okay. Would you there like were, to start? Yeah, yeah, I would. There's maybe like a frame of mind where I think I saw Kevin Weeks on NHL Network talking about what this trade for Doug Armstrong is saying to the team. And I think analysts and people that see that we lost six in a row, now seven in a row, probably soon to be eight in a row, see it and they say, man, that's a really bad turn. And they probably see it like how I see another team with a losing streak. Go, oh, that's really too bad. But that's about it. You know, they'll figure it out sort of thing. I don't think they've watched this team play. And I don't <laughs> think they realize that this team is playing with zero heart or any like respect for the game. I've never played the game, and I'm starting to use the term respect for the game because mm. it's starting to just be so annoying. And I think they were shocked that we traded Paul Stasny, and so they said, what does this say to the team? You're giving up on the playoffs? And it's like, yeah. Doug Armstrong saying <laughs> to the team, you showed me through six games, seven games, that you're, you're not going to make a run for it. I don't believe in you. So I'm going to try and salvage something, you know, something that I can. Yeah. And this team needs to wake up and realize that, you know, Braden Shen had a quote about how he didn't understand why. Yeah. If you got, have it. I've yeah. got that for you. He Go said, ahead. Um, crazy. One or two points out, move a guy that does a lot for us. But at the end of the day, you know, that's their decision. I guess we'll see what happens here within the next hour, which was nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing else happened. We didn't add anything. It was nothing. <laughs> I uh, respect the pride. You know, you yeah. want to keep winning. And I don't think he necessarily hasn't shown it on the ice, uh-huh. Shen. But you got to see what's around you, man. You got to see. You know why. Right. And as I said on Twitter, and I, and I put it a little pithily, but I do think I really believe it. I said kind of one or two points out is a really generous way of saying we lost Six in a row, mm-hmm. which is the Badly. reality. You were solidly in playoff contention two weeks ago. You were in a solid playoff spot, and you've been embarrassed six straight games, including three losses to your main division rivals. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
yeah, it's just like, I, I guess I like the fire, but it's just kind of blind, mm-hmm. you know? And I this is this is that time where I kind of wish they'd say, well, you know, we got to not look in the mirror necessarily, but like, we understand we brought this on ourselves. Mm-hmm. We have enough pride to go out and fight and prove that there's still something here sort of thing, you know? Yeah, and I think less what does this say, what does the Armstrong with this move say to the Blues, and more what is Paul Stasny leaving a team that he didn't have to leave, he could have not waived his no-trade, no-move clause. He has great friends on this team. He quoted, you know, he was Steen's best man in his wedding. Mm -hmm. He said he's gotten real close to these guys. He loves them a lot. I understand Winnipeg's a better team and it's a chance for the Cup, so that's, I'm sure, more than 50% of it. But he readily waived it to leave. Maybe, you know, put on your tinfoil hat, but we've heard enough about this locker room. If this locker room stinks, I'd get out too. Yeah. And I feel like that's, I feel like that's part of it. That might oh, be me projecting, but like, I really do feel like it was like, oh, yeah, I'll take the chance because I want the Cup, but also... It sucks here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the, there's the one half of it where just by waving it, he's acknowledging that they're a better contender than we are, which anyone with <laughs> any common sense can, but some people don't. Uh, because even the analysts were like, this is a the, the West. I've, I heard analysts multiple times talking about the West is a wide-open division, and it's just nonsense. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's the Predators, it's the Jets, and it's maybe, maybe the Knights. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, if one of those three teams doesn't make the finals, maybe it's the Ducks. If it's not one of those fours, I'll, I'll be out. I'll be floored. Mm-hmm. I'll be floored by it being anyone else. So you can say it's wide open in a way that, like, teams are the close. East isn't because yeah. I guess their lower teams are more garbage than our lower teams. But that doesn't mean our best teams aren't as much better than their best. You know, than mm-hmm. their worst teams are our worst teams so yeah i'm just i'm that's a total tangent but uh, there's so much that you could say about this trade i saw a whole lot of people getting angry like that he didn't do more and we'll talk about that too in a minute but like people who were thinking well oh yeah well we traded paul stasny to flip these pieces to make this team better for this playoff run and it's like no you traded a rental. That's what sellers do. Like you <laughs> traded a top six forward, who's just not your top six forward anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I just, I there is some blindness I think still in this fan base. Hopefully, it's gone now after tonight's game. <laughs> it's but gotta, like, it's gotta be. There's just the fact that there are some people out there who are still kind of living that shin mindset where it's like, well, we're just a point or two out, and it's like, yeah, but we're like. The the difference between this team and even mm-hmm. the Wild, as we saw tonight, is absurd at this point. And it's nothing to do with the players. And that's one of the reasons I'm I'm personally glad. I'm upset that he didn't make more moves, and we'll transition to talking about this now. I'm upset that he didn't make more moves because we heard a lot of rumors about, like, oh, he's shopping Spokey, he's even mm-hmm. shopping Bowmeister, like he's trying to trade Bergwin. Maybe Allen's on the market. Um and I'm upset that none of those came to fruition because I'm kind of all into like blowing up some of this core right now, the way it's playing. But like the idea that he didn't like immediately flip these assets and go get Mike Hoffman does not upset me in the slightest mm-hmm. because Mike Hoffman, unless he's like friggin' Billy Graham reincarnate <laughs> now. And like can just evangelize the locker room the minute he walks in there and just like change their hearts and minds and make them blues focused again. There's no player you can add to this team that fixes it, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so yeah. So what did you think? I I think what what did upset me is that when we made this trade at I don't know around eleven o'clock several hours left before the deadline, my thinking was kind of oh now we're like. Sellers, me too. You know, now like we're gonna try, we're gonna at least get one or two more moves that kind of send a Saboka somewhere or Bergwind or something, and let's go. Like I was, mm-hmm. I was all on board <laughs> then. So, what did you think about their lack of moves for the rest of the day? I didn't like it, and this is a really bad excuse, but 
I didn't like it, but I kind of expected it or got used to it after it mm-hmm. didn't happen because that's kind of what we do more or less every trade deadline. And granted, we've been in much better positions before, so we're trying to buy and we yeah. just don't want to give them what they're asking for. This time we were trying to sell and they wouldn't give us what we were asking for. Mm-hmm. I know Armstrong said he didn't want to part with any of our top four, you know, Thompson, Thomas, Costin, Cairo, which is, I'm glad he didn't. In that respect, I'm really glad that we hung out on all those guys because really there's nothing out there that's not a groundbreaking trade that's being offered to us that I want for those guys. So I'm I'm kind of okay with it. I think the one thing that made me sort of feel better about it was just the fact that this is not something Doug Armstrong said, but more like he came out and told people that he was trying to shop people. He said that normally he'll have a trade done, more or less, and then he'll ask a player if they're going to move their no-trade or no-move clause. So then once they go, yeah, it's just over, the trade's made. And he said to, I believe, Jeremy Rutherford that that trade talks never got that far. Uh-huh. So you can insinuate that he was trying to move guys that had those clauses. So mm-hmm. a Berglund, uh, Bowmeister. I The only thing I like is that maybe this message, it's not going to change the team, but I'm glad he kind of gave a middle finger by saying that to this team. He goes, look, I tried to move you, and people didn't want you. Mm-hmm. They They wanted you but not for a price I liked. So they're really just selling you short, which more or less if I'm trying to save this team and get anything out of you Mm -hmm. is not good enough for me. Yeah, I agree. you got to think with a mindset like that, anything less than, I'm going to say anything less than three moves this year for players, moving them out, moving new players in is a disappointment. Yeah, I want a bombastic offseason, which is really what we're gearing up for now because this team is not making the playoffs. I'm calling it. It's flat out. It's done. There's no way. Their goose is cooked. They dropped from like 70% playoff chance recently to probably like 20, I would guess like 30% right Mm. now. I'm going to see if I can find this. If this team makes the playoffs, might as well just win the cup, honestly. No. Just, just do just do if you did the impossible, yeah. Just do it again. Why not? Just go for it. I'm honestly, if you make the playoffs, I'm all behind you. Really. It's kinda like it'd be like a devil's season. I didn't think the blues were gonna be this bad, then they were this bad, then I didn't think they're gonna be this good. They currently have a twenty seven percent chance according to sportsclubstats.com. It's gonna be which lower puts tomorrow. Them between the Florida Panthers at 40% and the Islanders at 14.9%. So we're in the weirdest group of our own <laughs> of any uh, team. Did you know that technically the Philadelphia Flyers, or excuse me, the Winnipeg Jets only have a 99.897% chance of making the playoffs? <laughs> they could miss. They could collapse. Cross uh, your fingers. That'd be funny. Oh, and we did forget to mention, because it is a very important addition, that fir- first round pick we got in Paul St- for Paul Stasny is protected if it's the first, second, or third overall pick in the draft. It's not ours till next year. So, fingers crossed, the Jets don't totally collapse. <laughs> uh, it's not happening. And that always amuses me because that's like a... You might as well have gotten Moon Man insurance for all I, like for all the difference <laughs> it makes, you know. Like, okay, yeah. okay, Chevy, you know. Like, uh-huh. Army's like, yeah, you can, you can protect that, Kevin. Yeah, go right ahead. <laughs> uh, I wonder what that talk actually sounds like at any point. I'm just like, are you, are you, are you kidding me? I mean, fine. That's that seventh round pick talk all over again. <laughs> I need to protect these. Well, let's not. No, I want it. <laughs> okay, fine. Top ten protection. No, I'm not giving you top ten. Fine. Top three. Uh, fine. <laughs> yes, you can have Rasmus Dahlin <laughs> when you fall all the way out of the playoffs, Shovel Day. So, Doug Armstrong has grown the full-on depression alcoholism beard. Um, so that's good, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Yo had a quote today <laughs> that he said, uh, A lot of people believe the end of our story is done. It is. Beautiful thing about this game is we get to determine what the end to our story will be. And apparently the Not end true. will be an 8-3 to three loss to the Minnesota mm, Wild. I already, like, shuddered Let's at... Let's get rid of Mike, yo. <laughs> yeah. Why not? I already shuddered at the fact, driving over here, listening to the beginning of uh, this uh, game tonight, when they said the Blues, if they win, could be back in, playoff, in the playoff spot as long as the Kings lose. And I was like, oh, we, we've reached it. We finally reached it. The moment where... Our future's in our control, but we got to talk about everyone else uh-huh. because it matters now. 
that slightly matters. And I can't wait until we don't have to talk about that because we're out of the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, oh. We've, we'll talk about a lot more of this stuff on Thursday, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So why don't we go ahead and move on to winners and losers of the trade deadline. And I have a bunch, actually. Uh, so of winners? Of both. Oh, okay. So I would say, for me, the biggest winners are the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think they solidified themselves as the premier cup contender mm-hmm. this year. They've got the guy who's going to walk away with the Vesna Trophy. Just sprint away with it. Just freaking, just still be <laughs> so far ahead of anyone else. Remember when uh, Alex Petrangelo was in the running for the Vesna? Not for the Vesna, no. Oh, not the Vesna. The... <laughs> Remember when Alex Petrangelo <laughs> played goalie for us? Oh, what boy. What is the defenseman one called? I can't... Norris. Norris. There we go. See, I knew it, uh, and I still didn't get uh, but, it right. Yeah, Vesilevsky is going <laughs> to run away with the Vesna. <laughs> um, they've got now Victor Hedman and Ryan McDonough. To solidify their defensive Maybe core. Victor Hedman will get the Norris. They've got one of the, could be. They've got one of the deepest offensive groups out there. They've got two of the top ten players in the league with Stamkos and Kucherov. I don't know what stops them other than just the sheer playoff experience and grit of the Pittsburgh Penguins at this could point. Be. Um, and the trade they made for McDonough, I think, and JT Miller. I almost did it, too. Uh <laughs> Just rock solid. I mean, like I said earlier, they didn't stretch themselves at all making mm-hmm. that trade, and I think it works out well for them. Uh, who's one of your winners, or do you agree that the Lightning are a I, I definitely agree. Um, I had the Penguins actually as a winner. I think you give up a lot of different things, but you get Derek Broussard back. You solidify your third-line center, which is a problem they've had all year long. It's, mm-hmm. What a nice little problem to have your third-line center. Yeah. They're positioned yet again, even though you talk about Tampa, they could be the Tampa spoiler. I could easily see that team just running out of gas all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals again. As long as you got Phil Kessel and Sidney Crosby and all the the rest. Matt (laughs) Murray does have a concussion, though, so that's a pretty big storyline for them. Tristan Jari, I think. Good for you. I um, only because I could have made that up for like a second in fantasy this year, but but that's just a nobody. that's just a stack team with guys that are old and still contributing. Mm-hmm. You got guys like the Hornquist. dynasty will yeah. die eventually. Who they extended today? Oh, for did like they? Five years. He's Is not it? as old as you think. He's really? only like twenty eight or nine. Really? Yeah, it's disgusting. I believe you, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll look it up. Um. Yeah, I still think the Penguins. It would have been a stretch to think the Penguins. The Penguins could have done so he's nothing. he's 31. Okay. So still, older. that's younger than I thought. Yeah. The Penguins could have done nothing today or yesterday, and I still would have been like, ah, they're kind of winners because they'll make the cup finals mm-hmm. anyways. Why don't you give me – do you want to give me another winner or do you want to give me a loser? You want, you want me to do a loser? Give me a loser. Uh, I am going to go a little off the board and say that the Ottawa Senators are a loser. Poor Ottawa can't win anything. Did you have them as a winner, or did you not have them at all? I am in my weird middle ground They're in a, I think middle ground's better than just straight loser, but they... For a team that needed to win, that's pretty yeah, bad. they made the Duchesne... Tra- Duchesne... Matt Duchesne? Is that mm. how you said that? That sounded really weird when I said it out loud. They made that trade earlier in this year. Then they collapsed. Then they started to rebound a little bit. Then there was all the Eric Carlson drama, and they ended up... They traded Derek Broussard, and I think they got a really good return for Broussard. But they still have Mike Hoffman. They still have Eric Carlson. Bobby Ryan. They still have Bobby Ryan's contract, which they're desperate to get rid of. They never traded um whatever whatever that guy, whose name I can't remember. Zach Smith. Zach Smith, yeah. Pajot's still there. Mm-hmm. I just... There's a couple of teams... And I'll I'll get to some of the other ones, a lot of Canadian teams on this <laughs> list that I just don't know if they know what they are right now mm-hmm. or where they're going. And I think Ottawa, along with Edmonton, who I consider another loser, left themselves a lot of work to be done in the mm-hmm. off season to figure out what the hell their team is. And so that's why I kind of put Ottawa on that list. It's funny you mentioned Ottawa and Edmonton. To bring it back to the Blues, I think there's a lot of teams actually. 
in the blues position that you wouldn't think of that are going to need a lot of retooling uh-huh. that fancy themselves, maybe not Ottawa so much, but Edmonton especially, like a close contender, mm-hmm. a team that should be contending. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. A team that I don't think is going to contend and I also think was a loser this trade deadline was the Sharks. I don't think they gave up a lot to get a Vander Kane. I just don't know why you want a Vander Kane. I really don't. I've, I'm completely miffed as to why people were in the running for a Vander Kane. There's a sweepstakes for this player. He's fine, but I really wouldn't have given up. Did they give up a first? A conditional first? Yeah. Yeah, not even worth it to me. Maybe not huge losers, but definitely not winners by any means for the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, I agree. It's a strange addition. We'll see how it works. And they got rid of Tom- Wait, no. Tommy Wingo's also, already got rid of. Never mind. They're just a strange club to me to be adding a rental mm-hmm. at all because I don't think they're really strong they're contenders. Not close. Yeah. yeah. So, really weird overall. They're the Blues without losing a bunch. They just aren't going to win the Cup. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the Rangers are winners... Because mm-hmm. they wrote that letter, and they actually did all that stuff. Good for them. And they've got now three first, possibly three first-round picks if the uh, Lightning win a cup. And a couple great young prospects. Um, Brian Spooner, who's a good addition, Nemisnikov. So they managed to add a couple roster players. Like, both of those guys are on their team now. Um, and add a bunch of picks and prospects. And really move out guys who I don't think of as that high value. I, I think McDonough's good, but I don't think he's great. And if they're retooling their core, he's the exact kind of guy to like move out, you mm-hmm. know. And then Miller's gone, but he's you know replaced by Nemestikov. I just think they did a good job overall. And I've got a couple other winners that I'll just kind of list off quickly. I've got the Jets. Because I do think the Stasny is a good addition. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm proud of Chevy that he actually finally made a deadline addition. And I think they're primed to fight the Predators tooth and nail for cup contention in the West. Um, and then I think the Detroit Red Wings got a really good haul for mm-hmm. Thomas Tatar. Uh, Odd to see Mike Green not moved. Yeah, that is weird. So... Come to think of that, maybe they're more middle ground. But he was injured, and I think that kind of played a role there. I think the theory is he's a much lesser version and older version of Eric Carlson. And yeah. all the talk Eric Carlson just pushed him way down. Yeah, and then McDonough happened. and that Exactly. Like... But I still think they're winners, though, Detroit, for sure, uh-huh. for a team that's retooling. Yeah, the Tatar move is big, I think, for them. Mm-hmm. I'd say one of my other winners was the Devils. We kind of went over it already. Yeah. Real kind of... Smallish moves that help solidify a team that didn't think they were going to be there might push them over the edge. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, second pushing third round, you know, visit if they're really good. Uh-huh. I'd say that's a huge win for them. I agree. I think the uh, one of the big losers that we haven't talked about, and the reason we haven't, the reason they're a loser is because we haven't talked about them, is the <laughs> Washington Capitals. I think everyone else in the East that our strong contenders got better and the Capitals really didn't do anything. And I, you know, they, their name was involved in the Carlson stuff and in the McDonough stuff, and they just didn't end up adding anything. And so I don't know what they are, but I mm-hmm. don't think they're a very strong contender in the East. What a team that I've completely forgotten yeah, about. Right. And they're still could win the president's trophy. Mm-hmm. And then the final big loser, I would say, uh, are the Vancouver Canucks. Because the the other teams, really, I think that the Canadians and the Oilers and the Senators, as I mentioned, all four of those teams are just, what are they? And what are they going to become? Mm-hmm. And the Canucks, they have no idea what their rebuilding process looks like. And I don't think they're really acknowledging that they are rebuilding yet. Yeah. And they're in this weird limbo, and I feel terrible for Canucks fans, which is not a statement I thought I'd make five <laughs> years ago. I know. Well, you were, I think we mentioned our last uh, bonus episode, we were talking about how they extended, uh, who was it, Gabranson. Mm-hmm. He's an okay defenseman, but then they also have really talked about their don't plan on moving the Sedins, and they might even re-sign them to really short deals because mm-hmm. they deserve it. And they're great players, and so maybe they do deserve it. But you just got to, st- like, you've got young guys, start over. Stop holding on to this weird, like, storied history that you don't like you don't have yeah that's kind of a blues thing just move on just keep you gotta keep moving forward i also think i don't even know what moves the calgary flames made 
they're kind of the blues if the blues hadn't kept losing. Mm-hmm. They're sort of just in this weird fringe area where I really thought they were going to add maybe a Mike Hoffman. There were lots of talks uh, a week out before the trade deadline that they were in big on Mike Hoffman. I, I don't think they really added anything, did they? The Flames? Yeah, did they no, add anything? they added like a minor roster body okay. thing, but no. Yeah, I just... That's I maybe not quite as bad as the Canucks or the Oilers, but it's like what are like, I don't know what you are. I don't know what Western Canada is when you get past Winnipeg. Like you're trying to be better, but not very aggressively, and it doesn't feel like you have much of a plan. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. So I think I I think that kind of covers winners and losers. You could put any team on. Did some the Blues side of win? Did the Blues lose? I don't know. Honestly, like <laughs> I know that's what I was. I want say. them to do more. I think they're in a middle ground. I think the trade they made is smart, but I mm-hmm. think they have more to do. The only analogy I could think of was we were expecting all these other moves, mm-hmm. and that was the Sunday. And Stasny was like this magical cherry on top. Yeah. And now we just have the cherry, and the Sunday is nowhere to be found. <laughs> and I'm like, I thought there was a Sunday involved. Yeah, that's a fair. That's a pretty good analogy. Uh, I think this is a good kind of parting thing because I, I do think this leaves us a very exciting offseason ahead. And Pierre Lebrun had an article where he was kind of digesting deadline deals and looking ahead to the offseason. And he asked, he says, enjoy the playoff race in the postseason because the action off the ice will resume this summer in what sets up to be a rather explosive offseason. The potential for news will be nonstop. And he lists all these question marks and storylines. What will John Tavares decide? The Eric Carlson trade talks will potentially resume. The Montreal Canadiens will likely look to trade Captain Max Pacioretty. Oliver Ackman Larson is slated to inform the Arizona Coyotes by the draft as he's if he's up for re-signing or igniting an off-season trade. What does the contract offer look like when the Los Angeles Kings drop a big one on Drew Doughty July 1st <laughs> to sign him a year out of free agency? Does John Carlson, having a career season, re-sign with the cap-challenged Washington Capitals or hit free agency as the number one UFA defenseman? Do James Van Riemsdyk and Tyler Bozak both walk as UFAs from the Leafs? How much money does RFA William Nylander get, and do Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner get signed a year before their entry-level contracts expire? And in Matthews' case, what number can work for both sides? What happens with the Sedin twins when they become UFAs in Vancouver? Where does Ilya Kovalchuk end up July 1st as he potentially returns as a UFA from Russia? Uh What does the number look like if Tampa Bay decides to try and re-sign NHL leading scorer Nikita Kucherov this summer? The pressure is huge in markets like Chicago, Montreal, Edmonton, Ottawa, and Buffalo. Weird fifth edition. As those <laughs> disappointing clubs look to make more roster tur- changes slash turnover. Um, yeah, I'm just excited for this offseason. That's uh, all we got. Which is all we've got to be excited about. But I, I think it could be a big one for the league in general and for us in particular. Do you have anything else to say uh, before we get out of here? These are dark times. <laughs> Troubling times in the kingdom, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, but to leave you a little less troubled, we're going <laughs> to close with the delightful blooper from when we were trying to record oh our boy. opening. And uh, even was try- doing his best. He was making a valiant effort, but he could not say the name Mark Watestu without cracking up. <laughs> so we're sending you our best blooper and all of our love from uh, Darkon in... Mongolia. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will see you again on Thursday when we resume talking about this pitiful team that we all know and love called the St. Louis Blues. So until then, uh, goodbye. Enjoy. What's up, everything? It's the Two Guys No Cup podcast coming at you with another bonus episode. Our topic tonight, the trade deadline, of course. We will talk about or at least mention every trade from this past week, as well as answer some of the more puzzling questions the deadline created. Why did it take a three-way trade? <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> 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 <laughs>